Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? greater. God will send his judgment on anyone who simply drifts away from the greater revealed truth of God that came from Jesus. The lesser is Old Testament. The greater is Jesus in the New Testament. If those who broke the law were punished, then to neglect so great a salvation spoken by Jesus, the greater, much more serious. In the Old Testament, Jesus warned his people Israel time and time again to stay close to him and not become like the nations they'd conquered. Sadly, Israel didn't listen to God. They began worshiping false gods, and Jehovah disciplined them for it. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the challenge the early Christ followers had in being tempted to abandon their worship of Jesus. You'll hear about the stuff they had to deal with that was pressuring them to leave Christianity and the reasons they were given for not doing that. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 2 as he continues his message, Warning, Don't Drift. writer to the Hebrews knew something about these people. Look at verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because speaking to these people and the Christians in their home group, you're slow to learn. In fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. In other words, this home group, you ought to be splitting, dividing, raising up the next leader, opening up to another home. You ought to be teachers, but now you need someone to teach you the elemental truths of God's word. Notice, all over again. You need milk, not solid food. So what does the writer of the Hebrews know? He knows that these people have already started to drift. They're not growing spiritually. So he says to them, careful, because the end of drifting can be apostasy. You can absolutely just walk away from God. So he says to them, pay closer attention. You can go back to Hebrews chapter 2. Pay closer attention. Read the scriptures. Notice, it's not so much intentional. They just quietly drift away. There's no uncomfortable friction. There's no big standoff. We're against Christ. No dramatic sense of departure. When Satan's winds came, trouble came, temptation came, pretty soon they just started drifting. And they looked back, and they couldn't believe where they had been. 
If you've ever been to the beach, you know how easy it is to lose your sense of where you're at. All you do is go out, get in the ocean, kind of be with the waves or whatever, and then you get up and look in, and the tide is taking you where? Way down the beach, and you wonder, well, I guess my family went in. No, they're sitting over there wondering where you at. And see, it just happened like what? And you weren't even aware of it. Well, this is exactly what's taking place in the church, and this is the warning to us. Spiritual drifting, the warning, don't ignore truth, apply it. Verse 2, for the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment. How shall we escape if we ignore, I add the word neglect, such a great salvation? I'll stop there. The word ignore or neglect means to have the opportunity, but to ignore or disregard it. They knew the truth. They just ignored it with application or disregarded it. The word actually has an an attitude of the heart. They took it lightly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what the word says. Yeah, right, big deal. So it was a light kind of thing to them. Turn with me quickly, and I'm going to scan this. Keep your finger right there. Genesis chapter 19. As you're turning there, let me explain to you what we've just found. There's something in Hebrew literature that it's a style of writing that says this, the lesser to the greater. The writers would give you a situation where If this happened here and it's lesser, this that's greater, it's going to even be more. So what is he saying? He says, if the message spoken by angels was binding, in other words, God used, we learned in chapter 1, angels were messengers. In the Old Testament, they came sometimes with a word of encouragement. Other times they came with warnings. And the writer says, if they came with warnings and God judged the people who didn't listen to those warnings in the Old Testament, that being the lesser, in a moment you're going to see, Christ, we learned, is greater than the angels. So if the lesser angels' warnings, the people were punished, what will happen if we as Christians ignore the warnings of Christ? Greater. Genesis 19, the two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, remember angels, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet, spend the night, and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we'll spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house, and he prepared a meal for them baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called out the lot. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do with them as you like. 
But don't do anything to these men, angels, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied, and they said, This fellow came here as an alien, and now he wants to play the judge. See, Lot got himself in trouble by drifting. Drifted away from God. He drifted near the city. He drifted into the city. Then he became a leader of the city. He said, we'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot, moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside, the angels, reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then these angels struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so they couldn't even find the door. And the two angels of the men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons and daughters, anyone else in the city belongs to you? Get them out of here. Here's a warning. Because we're going to destroy this place. The outcry of the Lord against it is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his son and son-in-law thought he was joking. Why would he think that? Well, because Lot didn't have a relationship really with God. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you'll be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grabbed his hands and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountain or you'll be swept away. Scoot on down to verse 23. By the time Lot reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land, and the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities, the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. See, the principle is this. If in the Old Testament... The message by the angels was binding, and God judged the people if they disobeyed it. Did anyone disobey it here? Lot's wife disobeyed it. The judgment was immediate. It was firm. She understood the truth. She just ignored it. So you can scoot back to Hebrews chapter 2. If that judgment, being the lesser, good warning, The Hebrews knew this history of Lot and his wife. We'll look at verse 3 again. How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? Greater. God will send his judgment on anyone who simply drifts away from the greater revealed truth of God that came from Jesus. The lesser is Old Testament. The greater is Jesus in the New Testament. If those who broke the law were punished, then to neglect so great a salvation spoken by Jesus, the greater, much more serious. Why is our salvation so great? A million reasons. Way greater than a warning from the angels. The message, the gospel, the salvation, you can't buy it, you can't put a price on it. One of the crazy commercials we have says, priceless. That's our salvation. To us, it's a gift. To our God, His Son. We cannot, we must not, absolutely neglect 
such a great salvation. Look at the end of verse 3. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So the writer says, we're, we know that the word of God, this salvation, was confirmed four ways. You can number them as you go through there. It's not like, are we sure that the message of salvation is real? Well, yes, it was. It was confirmed four different ways. First, by the words of Jesus himself. Jesus himself came to share the truth with us. Angels brought the word in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, Jesus personally came to share the gospel. Remember, right when he started the ministry, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And of course, John 3.16 and many, many other verses that Jesus got. Second, you can see right in your passage here, it was not only confirmed by Jesus, it was confirmed by the apostles' words. Over and over again, many of the, of course, the original apostles were personal eyewitnesses. They saw Jesus. They heard his truth. They remembered them. The Holy Spirit helped them. Remember, he said he'd bring back to their memory. Then they wrote those down. That's how we have many of the things from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Peter, and so forth. Those apostles were there. Now, third, the third thing that shows us it was confirmed, notice it's going to be God's signs and wonders. God used signs and wonders to confirm his word. And, of course, God uses the gifts of the Holy Spirit today to do the same thing. Now, look at verse 4. God also testified by signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed, circle these words, according to his will. Now, what does that mean? This is very important. Many people in the churches today believe that the gifts of the Spirit have ceased. Well, they haven't ceased. We have whole sets of tapes on that. They're still here because of the will of God. He isn't taking those things away. In Acts chapter 2, remember? Dreams, visions. These things are for your children and the children and the children and the off-children and the grandchildren, and it just goes forever. Notice God's will is sovereign. When we understand that, Sometimes we get frustrated with that because God's ways are not our ways. The will of God. God did miracles. Anybody here believe God still does miracles today? Amen. Hallelujah. That's why we pray for people at the end of the services. We anoint them that they can be healed. But think about this. We know this world is confusing to us. We know God heals without a doubt. Peter one day was found in prison. Remember what happened? He laid down, thought the next morning he was going to be dead. God sent an angel. Opened the door. Out came Peter. Freed. Could write about it later. And then, of course, many years later, crucified on a cross upside down. Peter delivered supernaturally. Miracle confirmed the word. Acts chapter 7, Stephen, wonderful 
spirit-filled man of God. Where was God? There was no miracle for Stephen. He was stoned to death. But as he was dying, he was encouraged from heaven because who was there at the right hand of the Father? He saw Jesus. Now explain that. You can't explain it. It was according to the will of God. And we learn, remember, God does everything always right. So in our eyes, it looks like, well, that can't be right. God, you didn't intervene. The last breath of Stephen transferred him immediately to heaven. That was the miracle. He didn't have a miracle that kept him here. Now, the warning is, don't drift. It's the end of the service. Have a nice week. Dave's ready. He's had it. It's very good because we see the warning. But what do I do about the warning? By the way, anybody here think you're subject to drifting spiritually? Good. Hopefully most of you are raising your hands. Those of you who are not have already drifted. Because <laughs> you're deceived, correct? So let me give you some ways. And I think this will be very helpful to all of us. I'm going to give you, well... I'll try to get through five. We'll see how I do. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Here's number one. How do I keep from drifting? Well, number one, we keep our eyes on Jesus. He's better than anything or anyone else. You know, when we ordained Pastor Ken, certainly we ordained him through Calvary Chapel, but we ordained him to the ministry of God. Way bigger than Calvary Chapel. Give me a break. And so, the key to us is Jesus. Hebrews is about one truth. Jesus is better. Notice Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let's throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles. You can even put it in your mind and think about that, which will help me from drifting. And let us run with perseverance and race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author, the perfecter of our faith. So if I fix my eyes on Jesus, if I keep him in perspective, then he's my anchor. He's what keeps me moving in the right direction. I won't begin to drift away into uselessness if I understand that everything that we do is focused on Jesus Christ. This church is focused on Jesus Christ. If you're a Christ follower, you should be focused on Jesus Christ. Paul said it like this twice. 1 Corinthians 2.2 For I decided to concentrate only on Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. That's who he concentrated on. He kept his eyes on Jesus. See, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter, if I keep my eyes on Jesus, I'm not going to drift. If I keep my eyes on a church, I may drift. If I keep my eyes on a program, I may drift. Even if I keep my eyes on you, I might drift. Because Paul, remember what Paul said? You follow me only as I follow Christ. I was reading today, I won't mention his name. A man that had an incredible church, 
and a few years ago really went off the deep end. I mean, I could mention his name, Bellon. He was well-known, credible, incredible church, gifted person. He got off doctrinally. So much so, it was on the CNN deal today. He now, of course, has lost his church, the building, everything he had because he's a heretic. He's totally off the wall. And he says, now, I believe that homosexuals can come to the church, can be part of the church, can practice with us because God loves them and he loves everybody else. doesn't matter who they are. They can have whatever lifestyle they want. They can come because God loves them. This is a man who was evangelical. And he's lost it all. Now, how did that happen? It just didn't one morning you get up like that and go like that. He kept his eyes off Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of the faith. He put his eyes on himself. He became bigger than Jesus. He's lost it all. His reasoning for the logic that I just gave you, his closest friend in the ministry told him that he was homosexual and he said, then it has to be okay. Amazing logic. So keep our eyes on Jesus. 1 Corinthians 3.11 For no one can lay any other foundation than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. See, what were the Hebrews struggling with? It wasn't Jesus plus something. Old Testament rules, regulations, ritual, law. It was simply Jesus alone. The way, the truth, and the life. Number two. Keep a sensitive heart, teachable and open to correction. You know why I give you that one? Because in Hebrews, the writer of the Hebrews says the same thing. Listen to it in Hebrews 3.8. Do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert. You see, a hard heart moves me away from God. A hard heart just means I'm no longer sensitive to the things of God. Worship becomes routine. Tears and genuine emotion become absent from our spiritual walk with God. The individual I just mentioned, I can't tell you how many people in the ministry went to him over the years and tried to correct him. He refused all correction, wasn't teachable, wasn't open, hardened heart, apostatized away from God. Number three, keep being transformed by the word, not just informed. Pastor Mark in his message today talked more about this idea of drifting away from the faith. You found out that you really don't have to do anything. He tried to help you realize that Christianity is an active faith. There are things that you have to do to increase the strength of your belief. You were reminded that you have an enemy, Satan, and he's trying to destroy your faith and you. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. 
Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will complete this teaching called Warning, Don't Drift. You'll hear more about the dangers of letting yourself drift away from following Jesus. You'll learn about the tools that God's given you to keep that drift from happening. Pastor Mark will remind you that God's on your side and that his goal is for you to become more and more like Jesus every day. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Here